We're going to share lunch together in just a few moments after um, we go to the, the Word. And I just ask, just encourage each other today, love on each other, build each other up, learn something more about the other person. We've got an amazing group of beautiful, beautiful people in this room. Amazing group of talented people in this room. We have an amazing group of agents of change in the city in this room. Amazing. Learn somebody else's life story. Get to know them today. Is that okay? How you guys doing? You good? Thank you for joining with me in prayer for our city. It's important. It's what matters. I personally believe that our prayer is the lifeblood of this church. It is where we connect with Jesus. It is um, an essential indicator of the health of our church. Amen? Amen. Uh, we're going to go to the scripture today. Um, and continue our series. I know that might sound crazy, but I'm going to attempt to do that. Okay? So um, you don't need to open your Bible just yet, because for the sake of time, I'm going to lightly refer to some scriptures in the beginning, scriptures that I refer to often. So it shouldn't be uh, too difficult. We are setting out to help you connect with Jesus, to grow in faith, and to share His love. And in this series, as Anna mentioned earlier, we are focusing on Peter's interaction with Jesus uh, in that endeavor. And I would ask that you consider from time to time that even though the scripture um, is inspired by God for us to remember that it was real people that are on the pages, just like you and I, that had mistakes, that um, had insecurities and fears, had doubts, um, had pride, had um, all the stuff we've got. Right? And the current TV show that's on right now about the Bible, this is their portrayal of Peter and what he might have looked like. And I just put it up there uh, to kind of help some people with our imagination a little bit. We started off this series um, by talking about faith after failure. And because we just come through Easter and the, the story of Easter, Christ's crucifixion and resurrection was so fresh in our minds, We went straight to that setting where Jesus had prepared Peter for the fact that he would one day deny him. And then when it happened, Jesus, Peter could see Jesus. And just like the first day that Peter saw Jesus and Jesus said to him and his brother, follow me, that there was an eye-to-eye, face-to-face interaction. It's easy to read the story and pass over it very quickly and miss out on the dynamics of what was going on and the reality of the what was going on inside the person that were that was involved. And I've taken this passage as our text for the series as a whole. Second Peter, chapter three, verse 18. uh, And was funny. This was quoted uh, by Dr. Perkins straight out of the gate yesterday. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we've taken the basic thought, sorry, we've taken the basic thought in this series, we can grow in faith by taking in what Peter learns from Jesus. And so our topic today is follow with devotion. And in a few moments, we'll turn to this passage, but I want to talk about it just briefly first. Um, One of the things that if you observe from the stories before Jesus' crucifixion is that Peter was passionate 
and yet a little bit all over the place. Peter was passionate um, and yet not completely a whole person and not yet with all of his person focused in one direction. Anyone ever felt that way? I'm a little all over the place. <laughs> ever felt that way? So, so Peter's a little bit in that state. And yet what we see when we read this passage of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9, through 9, is that there was growth, development, and change as Peter interacted with Jesus. And he went from being in a place where he was not serving God with a wholehearted devotion, but he was a little bit all over the place. And yet through the growth, there was change, and he came to a place where he was serving God with wholehearted devotion. Does that make sense? So let's just recount real quickly, uh, go back over um, some things that Jesus said, because remember, we're trying to focus on what did Peter learn from Jesus. So we see on the screen some of the basics that Jesus repeated over and over. Now, one of the things that, that Jesus repeated over and over was repent, turn around, stop serving yourself and being selfish and living out, trying to make things happen on your own and not being dependent on God. Repent of that. Turn around. Believe in God and follow me, Jesus said. And Peter, that those words changed his life. And we need to be careful, regardless of how long we serve the Lord, that we don't get far from this truth, this Jesus calling us out. We need periodic, weekly, constant gut check time. Sorry to use a stereotypical sports reference again. But we do occasionally need that gut check time of, am I repentant? Am I believing that Jesus is my Savior? And am I following him? The beauty of loving Jesus is that it's very simple at any moment to ask if I am following him. Not that we fall into the trap of believing that our actions save us. Are you with me? No, no, no. Jesus saves us. But if we are following him is essential. It is important. And then we also have, and I'm using the Mark passages as, as Anna uh, reminded us that the uh, ancient Christians believe that it was John Mark that wrote our Gospel of Mark in your Bible from the teachings of Peter. Peter was not a great writer. He actually had scribes, people that wrote out First and Second Peter for him. But so from this passage, Peter was face to face, eyeball to eyeball, hearing Jesus when Jesus was asked, okay, Jesus, in all of the scriptures we have to this point, what's the most important? And Jesus' response to that was simple. Love God with all you've got and love others the way you take care of yourself. So when I call you to a whole hearted devotion and you, you, this is your home church, you hear me talk about this all the time. There's a reason you need it. It is Jesus who calls us to a relationship with God where we love him with all we've got. Okay, so we've had some serious prayer time this morning. Let me lighten the mood just a little bit. 
let's say, so it was my birthday on the 20th, and I thank you all for the cards and thoughts and everything, but one of my favorite things about my birthday is when Rebecca makes her chocolate chip chocolate cake. So I grew up with uh, Bill Cosby as one of my father figures from his TV show, and he would sing with the kids, Dad is great, he gives us chocolate cake. (laughs) If I asked you to love chocolate cake with all your heart, that that would include some pleasure, right? The smell, it's like a narcotic in my house. It's a miracle I'm not 400 pounds. The smell is a part of my loving the cake with all I've got. <sighs> the taste, the texture, the... It's, it's, some people don't like the word moist. I forget who it was that hates that word. Uh, oh, sorry. I, sorry I, was trying to, I knew that I wasn't supposed to say that word. It's just the right... It's not dry. <laughs> I came around and eventually got to what I should have said to begin. It's not, it's, it's perfect texture. I'm celebrating it. But if my life command was to love chocolate cake with all I've got, I wouldn't stop at consuming it because I would need to learn what's in it and how is this made. And so I would begin to look at when I go to work and I punch the time clock and I earn money and I pay the IRS and this, that, and the other so that I have enough money to make chocolate cake, I would start to look at when I go to work, when I come home, my reading of chocolate cake recipes, my time spent in experimentation, that would all be, even if I was at the office, it would all be a part of my loving chocolate cake with all I've got. Are you with me? Let's go one step further. What if I were to love my spouse with all I've got? If I were to love Rebecca, my as of this August 31st, my wife of 19 years, if I were to love Rebecca with all that I've got, it wouldn't matter if I was taking care of the dog's poo, washing the dishes, repairing the toilet, paying the bills or the taxes. It wouldn't matter if I was going to work or putting the children to bed or we rotate through waking the kids up and making their lunches and getting them to school. We rotate through a bunch of stuff. I do lots of chores. Anything that I was doing in those physical actions, whether she was in the room or not, it would all be a part of my loving her with all I've got. Are you with me? It is not wrong to enjoy God. God calls us to happiness. You know that in Scripture, God has a fragrance. My prayer is listening to God, celebrating Him and who He is. What kind of a person would send their son to die on the cross for my mistakes? Taking time to taste and see that the Lord is good engages my faith and brings me to a place of loving Him with all I've got. Who is like the Lord in all the earth? Matchless love and beauty, endless worth. Nothing in this world can satisfy 
Jesus is the cup that won't run dry. His presence is heaven to me. When Jesus calls us to love Him with all we've got, it is a beautiful thing. It involves silence and being loud. It involves singing and shouting and whispering. It involves reading about Him and learning about Him. It involves curiosity. It it calls me to be to a place of being an active learner. Love God with all you've got and love others. Now, how else do we see that Peter learned this, exhibited this? Well, we, I read to you all the time our pattern for our church, Acts 2, 42-47, where we see that they devoted themselves to what they were being taught. They devoted that wholehearted devotion. They devoted themselves to fellowship with each other, relationships, sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, to praying in big groups and in small groups. To devote means to continue to do something with intense effort despite difficulty. So we are called to follow Jesus with devotion, wholehearted devotion, to love God with all we've got and to love others. Now, very quickly, I want to read our passage, okay? Let me read it to you if you could just try to soak it in. And then I'd like to ask you, uh, this is Second Peter chapter 1, verses 4 through 9. And I want to just, since I don't have time to teach it, I will, one of the things I wanted to impress on you most strongly today is that this list was a handwritten letter that was intended for them to read, digest, read again, digest, read again, and digest. And so I don't want you to be approach this as a list of things that you need to do today. What I want you to do is to write this passage down and to read it once a month, periodically, and think of it as something that you can return to on a regular basis to help you define wholehearted devotion. Are you with me? Because what will happen is the Holy Spirit will point one thing from this list. It's really important that you hear me in this. Everybody listening? The Holy Spirit will point out one thing in this list that He wants to work on in you. Don't take on the whole list. Are you with me? That's not the intent. Okay? That's not how the Holy Spirit works. That's how religion, condemnation, legalism works. One thing at a time, growing in faith with God, okay? 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 4 through 9. And because he's speaking of Jesus, because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Okay, pay attention. He's saying this is where your life changes. In view of all of this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith. Okay, not, we're not talking GNC. We're talking about adding to your faith. Faith. Supplement your faith 
with a generous provision of moral excellence, and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. That's the positive. Here's the caution. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. Now, very quickly, I want to give you some definition because you've probably asked already in our time together this morning, yes, but what does this look like? Okay, I'm a Jesus follower. Now what? How does this look like? How does it work for me personally? So I'm so glad you asked that. Let's talk about that just real quick. Okay? So supplement your faith. Let's, let's start there. And I know I'm going to go through this quickly, but hey, good news, you can listen to it on the podcast or the website. Okay? Faith. What does he mean with this word faith? To believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance. I need occasionally to ask myself, do I believe in Jesus as my Savior to the point of complete trust and reliance? Virtue, which is translated as moral excellence in the New Living. Virtue, the quality of moral excellence, outstanding goodness. It means going beyond knowing the difference between right and wrong to going to the next step of how should I live? How should this work? That's what he is referring to. And we grow in that how? By growing in knowledge. You've got to learn. We don't believe in subjective morality, meaning we don't believe that I just get to decide what's right and wrong. No, what's right and wrong is in the scripture. So people that would desire subjective morality um, are constantly contradicting themselves because they still lock their homes and lock their cars. Okay, we'll talk about that another time. I need to grow in knowledge. What is the truth? There is absolute truth. What is the truth? What is right and wrong? Who is God? And my responsibility is to be an active learner of God's word. Because that's where I will learn about God the Father and God the Son. Does that sound good? An active learner. Now, self-control. What does that mean? Because I I, I really, unfortunately, most of the areas uh, of your lives that I'm drawn into, uh, this is somewhere in the mix needs to be strengthened. Self-control. To exercise complete control over one's desires and actions. To be a chief of oneself. To make one's heart obedient to the master of what one wants. In other words, where your spirit governs your flesh. I fast because it, for many reasons. One reason is because it brings me to a point of knowing who's in control. Is my flesh, my sinful nature more in control, or is my spirit, is God really in the driver's seat of my life? Self-control. Steadfastness or patience, patient endurance, the capacity to continue to bear up under difficult circumstances. Anybody got those? Don't waste your difficult circumstances with just complaining. It's an opportunity to grow. 
steadfastness, patient endurance, the capacity to continue. And that connects with what we talked about last week with praying for healing. Keep asking. Keep asking. Endurance. It does mean what it used to mean. It's the same. We are called to endure. Inspired by hope. In our Lord Jesus Christ. As we said already today, it is Jesus who does the heavy lifting. Godliness, what does that word mean? Appropriate beliefs and devout practice of obligations related to God. Brotherly affection, or what he finishes with, is the word Philadelphia and the word agape. Philadelphia, brotherly affection, a love for one's fellow believer. That's why we have Sunday lunch. We've got to laugh, we've got to enjoy each other. You should, we should celebrate our unique distinctions from each other, our differences. Love, he uses the God kind of love, agape word, which means based on sincere appreciation and high regard. I'm going to close with this thought. We'll close in prayer over our food. How do we do this? How do we live in wholehearted devotion? Well, follow Jesus. Hebrews says, how do do we overcome? How do we do this? Keeping our eyes on Jesus. Every week I should be reading about Jesus, thinking about Jesus, breathing in Jesus, tasting what what is Jesus like? How does he think? What would Jesus think about what's going on today? What would Jesus think about what's going on? Go back and get yourself a WWJD bracelet for crying out loud. Think about Jesus. Think about... Follow Jesus and be an active learner. Hear his words and then do them. Jesus said very clearly, those who love me will do what I say. It requires action of us. Love God with all you've got, not just chocolate cake and your spouse. Love, celebrate, love God with all you've got and we love others. This is how we serve God with wholehearted devotion. Will you stand with me? Let's pray for our food and enjoy our celebration today. Again, I, I would ask you, please, write down, revisit 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 4 through 9 for your reflection. It's very, very helpful to us. Was this good today? Yes. Thank you, Yvonne. I'm glad. Carol, Yvonne, enjoyed this. Was this good today? Yes. I'm not above asking. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think that God loves us. It's God that does the heavy lifting. It's not all up to us. Aren't you glad? (laughs) I'm so glad that it's not all up to me. All right? God, I thank you so very much that you love us, that you care for us, that you've provided us help, that you are the one who gives us strength. You are the one who started our faith, and you are the one who will be faithful to complete it. I thank you for that. Thank you that we can gather today, that even in a difficult week, we can celebrate joy and celebrate each other. I thank you for the food that has been brought in today. Bless it to our bodies. Give us grace and peace as we enjoy each other in today's Sabbath rest.